0: As a preacher myself, I like to listen to other preachers. I listen to other preachers to learn more about the scriptures, to be encouraged by the scriptures, but probably more than any other reason. I listen to other preachers to hear how they preach the passage differently or better or not. One of the things I've noticed, and I do remember feeling a pressure when I began preaching more than 20 years ago, that there was a pressure, and I've noticed this in watching or listening to other preachers, that they seem to want to come across as profound. And by profound, I mean they want to come across as deep and wise and profoundly original. Now, don't misunderstand. Everyone that communicates a message, whether they're preaching the scriptures or they're just speaking in front of a group of people, everyone who communicates a message before a crowd loves to have people come up after the fact and tell them, that was amazing. I I didn't know this or that before you talked about it. It was so insightful when you said this or that. Everybody loves that. We like that. But the longer that I've preached, the more I've realized a number of very important things about profundity, and originality. First, you're not profound. You didn't find something that no one has ever seen before in the text, especially when we're talking about the Bible. The Bible is the most studied and commented on work in all of human history, and it is 99.9% certain that the new and amazing thing that no one has ever observed in the text, that you are sure that you're the very first person to have found it. It has been written upon and preached about multiple hundreds of times probably over the last 2000 years. I cannot even begin to recount the many times that I have been certain over the years that I have stumbled upon something in the text that no one has ever seen before and then within a matter of days, if not hours, the exact thing that I am convinced I've found is said in a clearer way by another teacher, preacher, or commentator. And listen, that's not a bad thing. In fact, aside from adding a, a level of confirmation and credibility to the new thing that you think you've found, it is a reminder that deep study is important and that deep study brings about the realization of great truths, life-changing truths that once you've found them, you'll never forget. The second realization I've had about profundity and originality is, yes, you're smart. You've got a thesaurus and you can say the same thing 12 different ways, but it doesn't have any more power the more ways or times that you say it, especially if the words that you're using to say it are virtually unknown by eight out of 10 of the people that are listening to you. What am I talking about? Well, I was listening to a message podcast the other day, and the preacher was driving home this point, which you could tell in the way that he was delivering it, that he was really excited about it. And he was shooting at this point from every possible angle. And he was using buzzword after buzzword and illustrations and analogies. And I understood what it was that he was trying to say, but his point got lost amidst the abundance of big, unnecessary words, which I wasn't even entirely sure he fully understood the definitions for. I was talking to my dad this last weekend, and he has been working in high-rise steel construction for more than 50 years, and he manages these massive jobs. And he was sharing with me about this massive job that he's doing right now and how the construction gets bogged down in these endless meetings. We've all been a part of endless meetings apart um, before, but these endless meetings, they are endless partly due to the fact that he said there is an individual in these meetings who, and this is, this is exactly what my dad said, this individual, he speaks in paragraphs instead of sentences Now, what he meant is that the guy is too wordy. And when he gets going, everyone kind of just tunes him out and shuts him off. And he says so much that someone needs to come through and kind of interpret what is being said and boil it down when all is said and done. In the words of my pastoral team, the guy needs to land the plane. Mark Twain said, don't use a $5 word when a 50 cent word will do. And there's great wisdom in that. In speaking about prayer and the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And some preachers, they they seem to use vain repetitions with too many words, and it's unhelpful. Nearly every 300-page book is pretty much done after page 89, and nearly every 45-minute message could be more clearly articulated in 30 minutes. That's not to say that you can't teach long messages. And It has nothing to do with uh, shorter attention spans, I don't think, but don't use seven words when four will do. The third thing I've realized, your ego loves to have people tell you how profound you are, but it is much more encouraging to see people understand and apply what you say than it is to have them be baffled by your words. One of my favorite authors is a man by the name of Gene Edwards. He's nearly 90 years old now, and he's written probably a dozen or more books. Several of them are among my most recommended books, including one of the greatest books I've ever read. And I've probably read it, I don't know, six or eight times. It's called A Tale of Three Kings. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it to you. But Edwards is a master storyteller, and he writes at about a fifth grade reading level. In fact, in one of the interviews that I read from him, he talked about while he was in his doing his undergraduate degree, I believe it was that he actually took a, a course on writing children's books. And so he aims at writing about a fifth grade reading level, if I remember correctly. And in a series of books that he wrote called The First Century Diaries, which are something of a, like a historical fiction account of the Apostle Paul's missionary journeys. Edwards imagines a conversation between the Apostle Paul and some of his traveling companions, like Luke and Timothy and Silas and so forth. And I don't remember the exact conversation, the exact dialogue, because it's probably been more than 15 years since I read it. But the gist of the conversation has stuck with me ever since I read it. And I believe it is at the point that Paul and his companions are talking about ministry among the people in the ancient city of Corinth. And Paul, when he spoke in Corinth, according to his own account of his ministry there, he says that his speech was not with excellency of speech. He he writes this in 1 Corinthians when he's talking about it. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And in Edward's book, he imagines Paul having this conversation and, and Paul basically says that the vast majority of the Corinthians are illiterate, but they feel smarter when they have heard a profound oration, even if they don't understand exactly what is being said. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. We may not understand what a person has said, but they said it so good. It it must be really important. It must be really good. But if we don't understand was it really helpful? Was it really beneficial? In explaining his story about the farmer, the parable of the sower, Jesus summed it up by saying, it is he who hears the word and understands it who bears much fruit. At the beginning of his explanation in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says, when anyone hears the word and does not understand it, The seed of the word is snatched away. You might sound profound on the front end, but you may end up producing unfruitful hearers on the other side. The intelligent communicator speaks in intelligible sentences, not baffling paragraphs. So aim at understanding, and you and your hearers will bear much fruit something to think about. We'll see you next time.